Well, you know, we've been talking the last uh, last few weeks on Sunday, and it's amazing because it kind of went over on Wednesday with what uh, what was being taught on Wednesday about uh, God's promises, about faith, and about hope. Amen. And now, so I want to uh, I want to talk to you this morning for just a little while, and I'm going to kind of hit a couple of different areas. But I want to talk about, because uh, John has mentioned this and so have I, about our confession and exactly what that's all about, because that can get off off of, uh, off, off of God's, uh, God's Word if, if you let it. But it's so important. See, what we tend to do is we'll take something from God and we'll take it too far over there and it'll get ugly, and so we'll say, well, that wasn't from God, and we throw it away. And then we lose something that God has for us. And so we need to always, always uh, hang on to what God has, has, uh, is doing for us. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a tough deal in the Permian Basin right now. You know, some of us have been through, through these a few times, but, uh, but it's kind of a, a tough deal. And so it's very important for us to get a hold of what God says, what God says about this and not what the world says. You know? and, so, uh, and so there's some needy people here. We get needy whenever we pay attention to what comes in here that's not from God and what comes in here that we shouldn't see or how we feel, our senses. I was uh, talked to you a little bit about Romans 12:2 about renewing your mind, and this time we need to keep our minds renewed. And I was I was thinking about you know I'm a storyteller, so I was thinking about uh, and this was an ugly time for me. I was thinking about I had my knee scoped, and so. Uh, and I know any time that you're going to go underneath anesthesia, better be praying. You better pray. And guess what we didn't do? We didn't pray. And so they put me under anesthesia before, the, uh, before they put me under. The lady anesthesiologist came by, and I have a scar on my arm. And she said, how did you get that scar? I said, well, when I was in the military... Deal, and that's the last thing I remember saying, and I was gone. And so uh, when I woke up, I was back in the room. Josie was there, and Josie was looking real funny at me. And she said, you said a word I have never heard you say before. And I said, oh, no. You know, because, you know, you walk with the Lord for a long time, you try to, you know, he, he starts cleaning this up and all this. And so, remember, we didn't pray before I went under. So I sought the Lord for months on that. I said, where did that come from? Because I'd gone under one time before and we had prayed uh, on a colonoscopy, and the doctor said, your husband's a good man, so I don't know whether witness to him or whatever I did. But God said, God began to show me, that the 
the last thing I said was when I was in the military. And that's where I was. We didn't pray. Amen. Amen. And so when I came out, that's where I was. See, that stuff is still, is still there, you know. God delivers us from it. And I said, well, where would you? He said, I was with you, but you wasn't with me anymore. You was back then, whenever before you walked with me. So, so I'm just saying, we have got to guard. We have got to have our guard up. And then I wondered, my gosh, what did I say to those people? <laughs> Amen. I got a, another friend that went under, and, and he woke up, and there was a, a doctor and a nurse there, and they were laughing. He said, oh, no, what did I do? And the nurse came over, and she said, you said, thus saith the Lord. And there was a male nurse and a female nurse that was having an affair. And you told the story, you know, and... <laughs> but he prayed for he went under see <laughs> hallelujah anyway let's get off that subject <laughs> but you know renewing our minds is so important especially today you know we got craziness going on all over the place uh caleb can tell you you go out in the field and there's nothing but bad news you know and people are walking in fear, but we don't do that. We walk in faith. Amen. We walk in fear. But see, you get get this stuff going in your mind, and if you dwell on it, then it's going to be kind of like whenever you didn't pray when you went under. You know, if you don't, if you don't, if if you meditate on that, if that's what you meditate on, then you're going to get fearful. Amen. We need to know what God says. And so, God says, I will meet your needs according to my riches and glory. Amen. God says, I have a plan for you to bless you and not to harm you. Amen. God says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Amen. That's our confession in the, in the middle of this. We need to speak out of our mouth. There's something about speaking out of your mouth that builds you up. You know, and so that's that's the true confession. Proverbs four twenty three says, Above all else, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from your heart, your inner man. Guard your heart. Philippians four eight says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, meditate on these things. Amen. See, if we get in trouble is when we meditate. Maybe somebody said something and you think, well, what did they mean by that? Meditate on it long enough and so it becomes something it never was. See? And so meditate on what God says and not on what you what you think in your carnal mind or what's going on, what people have spoke have spoke. Yeah, on confession, Romans ten eight says, But what does it say? The word is near you, it is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth 
Jesus is Lord. See, in order just to be saved, you've got to declare. Declare Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. We guard our heart. It's out of our heart we speak. They said, uh, oh, in Hebrews 10, 19, uh, it says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. And John talks about this Sunday, about entering into the holy of holies. By the way, if you didn't know, before the high priest went in, he had a garment that had bells around the bottom, and they tied a rope on his leg. Just in case he went in there and there was some sin that he didn't know about, they could drag the dead body out. But there's a new way. By the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which we consecrate, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. In full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Amen. Amen. So what do you need today? You know, you go to the Word and see what God says about it, and you confess it because he is faithful. I think one of the problems is we get into a deal where we're an instant society and we want everything from God to be instant. But let me tell you what, I've walked through some stuff. Confessing, praying, Josie praying, walking through it, and sometimes it sometimes takes a while to get to where you're at, but what God works in you on the journey is what's important. What God, you get to where... You get to the promise, but along the way to the promise, God does some things in you. Amen. Amen. But it says, hold fast. Do you ever wonder what, you know, we say all these words and wonder what they mean? You know, you hear, hold fast. So what is hold fast? Where do you think hold fast came from? What does it mean? So I looked it up. Hallelujah. It's to bear down. We believe in something for God. We bear down. We hold fast to that promise. We bear down on that promise. Grit it out. <laughs> That's an old, old country word, isn't it? We're going to grit this out. Anybody ever eat grits? We know what gritting this out is all about. And so we can grit this out. Stay the course. Stay the course. I wonder sometimes. Of how close I've been to a promise and I didn't stay the course Amen. over the years. But I just stayed the course. You know. It refers to where the word came from. It refers to the importance of securely gripping a ship's rigging. It's where hold fast came from. The word hold fast. The term. The rigging, the rigging is the apparatus through which the force of the wind is used to propel sailboats and sailing ships forward. It includes the mast, the yard, the sails, and the cord. 
So whenever they get that old sail up, they want to catch the wind. And so they got to hold fast. What happens if they don't hold fast? Sail's going to flap. It's not going to do you any good. So hold fast. Hold fast to what you believe in God for. Amen. To the promise. You know, and I've got this somewhere, and if you want it, I'll print it out for I got it on my computer somewhere. But on our, uh, we've got a list of confessions over our children. And so Josie and I were diligent about confessing God's word over our children. And so, so, uh, because there's, there's so much ungodly stuff that's confessed over the, over the kids, you know. Anyway, we're talking about bearing down. Got another story for you. Back sometime after World War One, I, I heard a guy talking about this. He said sometime shortly after World War One, they were using the dirigibles, the uh, helium-powered <laughs> dirigibles. And so they had one that flew into Dallas one time. And so they had all of these guys that they had the ropes that came to, the rigging that come down to time off. And so all of those guys grabbed hold and went to tear it off to, and to tie it down. And as it does in Texas sometimes, that gust of wind came up. And so it took off. And the guys didn't know what to do. They were holding on to the rope. All of them but one fell to their death. So they finally got it down, and they asked the guy, how did you make it when nobody else could keep holding on to the dirt, to the rope? He said, I didn't hold on to the rope. I wrapped myself in the rope. And that's how he did it, God's promises. What an example of God's promises. You want to hang on? Then wrap yourself in God's promise like the man that was was holding the rope on the dirigible. Wrap yourself in God's promise. You know, don't allow yourself to get to the place where I guess this isn't going to work for me. Because guess what you just confessed? So that takes a life of its own. Just like whenever you speak God's word, you know, it goes and it accomplishes what God has said it to do. Well, sometimes our words will go forth, uh, uh, words of, of unfaithfulness. But your confession builds up your faith. It does. If, you will, if whatever you're believing God for, whether it's wholeness in a relationship, whether... It's a job or whatever whatever it is. If you will confess God's word, then your faith will be built. It plows the ground for you to receive. It destroys doubt and unbelief. What happens to a child that is always told they don't measure up? They don't measure up. This is the reverse of that. And so I was, I was, uh, I was uh, thinking today that uh, you guys that's here last time know that I was, uh, I've started a journey on running. I want to run a 10K with my girls. And so I started running. I take out this deal from couch, called from couch to 5K. And so that's what I've been doing. And so. I'm up to 25 minutes, guys. I mean, I'm, I'm doing good. 
But what I have done is there's there's a guy that both of y'all most of y'all won't probably won't recognize his name. Uh, the old people probably will. A guy named David Ingalls. He was he's a singer and a pastor. And in all of that, can you know one thing that I have learned over the years, the best way for me to remember things is get a song with it in it. You know, then I can memorize a song. I'll know a song. You know, I can hear a song from the 50s and the 60s, and I know all the words to them, you know. And so David Ingalls, one of his deals was confessing, confessing God's word. So I got three albums of David Ingalls on my on my phone. And so I run and listen to God's promise. It talks about faith and, you know, you get to the 15-minute mark and you got 10 minutes to go. Then the faith, the faith music starts coming on, <laughs> pressing on, you know, towards the mark, you know. But that's what we need to do. We need to put that stuff in here. Yeah, we don't need, we don't need doubt and unbelief to come in here. And so that's when the renewing of the mind comes in. So, uh, you know, sometimes we hear things and sometimes and sometimes they're good because they go, go along with the Word of God. But then we start looking for script, the Scripture and find out that that's not in the Scriptures. You know, and one of those is God moves in mysterious ways. His wonders to perform. And so, but it goes along with, with what God says, you know, and they referred to Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, Romans 11, and 30, 11, 33. And so I had a question about that. This has got to be good because it survived for centuries. The guy who, who wrote that was a guy named William Cowper. He lived 1731 to 1800. He was a good friend of John Newton. Amazing grace. They were buds, you know, and so, so he wrote that into a poem and then later into a, into a hymn. But, you know, God does work in ways that are mysterious to the world. God says the world's ways aren't his ways. Amen. And so, so it is it's true that God works in mysterious ways to the world. You find an unbeliever. And you say, no, guy, no guys who've who done this, they said, I sold everything I had and gave it to a mission. You crazy? You know? Because that's the ways of the world is holding on to what you got. The ways of the Lord is turning loose of what you got. Whatever gift God has placed in you, it's not the gift for you, it's the gift for me. Amen? It's the gift for everybody else. In here, and so God's ways are different from the world's ways. God's ways are directly opposed to the ways of the world. Hallelujah. And so I was, I was thinking, and I think God's going. I'm going to work up a teaching someday soon on this of sometimes how we as a church allow something that is 
powerful to be stolen from us. And uh, so we know who the author of that is. And so along with our confession, we need to to, uh, have God reveal to us the truth about the blood of Jesus. You don't hear that anymore in church, and it's so powerful. I mean, apart from the blood of Jesus, there's nothing. You know, when you talk about the pleading, pleading the blood of Jesus, we're not talking about begging, going to God as a beggar. You know, we go to go to God as his son and as his daughter. You know, and we learned on Wednesday night, so how do we go to God? We enter his gates with thanksgiving, and we enter his courts with praise. Thank you, God, for the blood of Jesus. Amen. Uh, shouldn't be considered as an act of desperation. Sometimes we do that. Well, I guess it got so bad. Now I've got to pray or I've got <laughs> to plead the blood. But God hasn't called us to be beggars before him. Many of us were raised in an environment where we heard the word, Father God, we come under the blood of Jesus. We come under the blood of Jesus. Thank God we come under the blood of Jesus. You know, that when God sees us, he sees us in the rose-colored glasses of the blood of Jesus. You know, there's no righteousness in me, but I have his righteousness. Amen? We've used the terms to... uh, like, oh, Lord, cover this matter with the blood of Jesus. Even before I understood it, I believed in the power of the blood. Because we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and that the cross was the instrument of global redemption, which broke the power of hell in our life. Praise God. Amen. It's not a superstition. It's an application. It's not an application of a magic formula of words. It's a spiritual dynamic that we can apply to whatever circumstance that we're in. The power of the blood of Jesus Christ is greater than both the energy of our own humanity and that of our adversary. The power that saves is also the power that releases, that delivers, that neutralizes. The enterprise of hell and weakness, enterprise of hell and weaknesses of the flesh. It neutralizes that. And so you look, you know, we've, we, 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 uh, the leaders went to the and learned about uh, so-so. And so-so is the Greek word for salvation. And it means salvation, healing, and deliverance Amen. is what that means. Our salvation came with the salvation of our soul, the healing of our body, and deliverance of our spirit. power that saves is also the power that releases, delivers, and neutralizes the enterprise of hell and we can save the flesh. Uh, so in that, that should be our confession. That should be, you know, there's nothing, nothing for us apart from the blood of God, the blood of Jesus. It's by the blood of Jesus now. 
by the blood of Jesus, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his spirit or his, uh, or his uh, seeds begging bread. So the co- confessions is all covered by the blood. Important that we understand the reason for the words we use so that they do not become a formula. Otherwise, one or two things will happen. Either what we say com- becomes a superstitious exercise in which we are depending on the words rather than on the understanding that gives the word their power. Or some people will not use words related to the blood of Jesus because they don't understand spiritual dynamic, leaving them without a resource they need. So, I've been in church, in spiritual church, for a long time. And so, any time that we get into the flesh, then God's not there. So here's some of the things that we tend to do. Ronnie prayed for somebody that got healed, so everybody line up. Ronnie's going to pray for you. Well, we took our eyes off of God, and we got our eye on man. You know, we always got to keep our eyes on God. Uh, So-and-so said these words, and somebody got healed, so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to use these words because they worked. We took our eyes off of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Isn't it an amazing thing that that the creator of everything that's created chose to come and live on earth as a man and to die so that I could be reconciled with God? I could be reconciled with him. Isn't that amazing? And then he said, no, you're going to be walking here on earth, but here's all the promises, you know, even the ifing promises, you know, the ifing promises that if and you'll do this, then I'll do that. No? And I was kind of little when I was looking at promises, they said, I don't know if this is right, they said there's like 1,750 promises. In the Bible. And some of them are the if and promises. That my people who are called by my name. Will humble themselves. Second Chronicles. 17. 7. 7. 14. Yeah. That's an if and promise. No. Our land needs to be healed. Our land is sick. You know. You can you can look back. and I didn't mean to get on this this deal, but you can look back at times when I was a kid and it was a lot more moral place to be. I mean, everybody wasn't perfect. There was, you had your scoundrels out there, you know. But something's happened and it's because the church had got too full of themselves, I think. Instead of being full of God, being full of the Holy Spirit. But we can change. You know, God is doing something in the world today. And I believe that we're part of that. I do. I do. I was reading where, uh, I was reading where, uh, especially in the Middle East, Jesus is being revealed in the Middle East. And so I was reading reading a story, and this, this happens a lot, evidently. He has... Jesus appeared 
to this Muslim family. And the Muslims are saying, this jihadist is, is bad. You know, where do we go? You know, they're searching. This is bad. This isn't working. But Jesus appeared and said, hello, my name is Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to send Daniel your way tomorrow. And he's going to tell you about me. So this guy named Daniel. God said, I want you to go here. And he had his interpreter with him. And he walked in and walked in the tent and he said, hello, my name is Daniel. And they went crazy. <laughs> but that's what God is doing. God is doing, and I'm, I, you know, I'm sure every revival that people said, well, this is the great outpouring that God talked about. The last day's revival. It may be. It may be. But you know where a lot of those things aren't happening at? Right here in the United States. And I'm going to tell you something about why the U.S. prospered so much. Kind of finished early so I can get on soapbox. I can tell you why we prospered so much. It's because we gave so much. Amen. You know, there was nothing that happened in the world that the U.S. didn't give to. No catastrophe that the U.S. wouldn't give to. And so they sowed those seeds. And God says, such as you sow, so shall you reap. Most of the missionaries that went out was either from England or the U.S., one or the other. Now we have missionaries coming here. You know, so you look at the church and, you know, it makes you want to repent <laughs> and say, God, get us on the right track. Get us on the right track, Lord. And so I was kind of, I was convicted, was watching one Wednesday night, and they were talking about... Uh, a video, and this guy had talked about the uh, missionaries in the 1800s leaving the U.S. and going overseas, and they packed all of their earthly belongings in a coffin because they knew they weren't going to come back. Sold out. <laughs> I've sold out. Goodbye, family. I won't see you again except in heaven. In this world, I won't see you again. Sold out, sold out, sold out. So, let's sell out. Let's watch what's coming from our mouth. We speak faith. We speak life and not death. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah.